I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero. I'm a real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. It is Sci-Fi November. It is a beautiful day. Even amidst the stuff going on around us, we can all find things to be thankful for, especially this month. We'll talk about some TV shows, including The Mandalorian, of course. We remember Alex Trebek, a great man. We're going to nerd out, of course. The role of Grindelwald is up for grabs, by the way, just in case anyone's interested. And we have a little bit of encouragement for you. I only have one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits. You don't do your job, I'll shoot you. Oh, I don't think that was the encouragement I was looking for. Hold on. Let's see. Here it is. Here it is. Say we take off, nuke the site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Okay. All right. I guess we're killing people and nuking things. So let's rock it. Doesn't that encouragement just make you want to party, Captain? Party hard, brother. What is up? (laughs) Welcome to The Real Brian Show. Happy Friday. Hey, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. It's good to have you with us. We do not endorse killing people or nuking things from orbits at all. No. No. But as Lieutenant Radchak and and, and Hicks said there, sometimes you just got to... Let loose. I don't even know. Let fly. I don't even know. That's Sci-Fi November, all right? That's from Starship Troopers and Aliens right there. Both both movies, which I need to point out, involved humans fighting bugs. Yes. So... There you go. Isn't that awesome? So nuking bugs from orbit? Come on, who's not who's not up for that? Yeah. Seriously? I think everybody in the human race, even uh, what are the people who study bugs? Ent- entomologists? Is yeah, that right? Or is yes. it etymologists? I, en- ent- those guys, those lovely individuals, they would probably even agree with that. I like bugs here and there, kind of, <laughs> sort of, maybe not. But what I really loved in Starship Troopers is like everybody's doing their part and it shows like a bunch of kids and adults stepping on like cockroaches. Stepping on the big roaches, yeah. <laughs> Just like, what Would you like to know more? Yeah, it was awesome. You know what though? I sure loved that book. The Starship Troopers book. Yeah. It was intelligent. The bugs were more, you know, like the bugs in the movie are very much more like the way bugs think. Like more like a queen, uh, the queen hive and that kind of thing too. Yeah. Which was the brain bug, of course. But Interestingly enough, in the actual book, they were like sentient species. They had their own armor. They had their own weapons, their own ships and everything. So I always found that to be a little more fascinating. And I I am embarrassed to say, and I think this has come up before, probably a year ago, that I still have not read that book. I have not read that Heinlein book. Oh, you would love it. I probably would. I need to add it to my list. And I know I, I keep just saying that, but I really do mean to. I liked the movie. I really had a, a fun time with it. I know it was not a good movie, and I know there were some scenes in there that were... Not. It was a great movie. But a lot of people thought it was cheesy and not amazing. It's supposed to be cheesy. But exactly. Yeah. No, and exactly right. I have a lot of good nostalgic memories with that movie. I still love watching it. But here's the thing. If they had done a movie like the book, whoa. I mean, that was... It was really? fascinating in so many ways. I mean, the of course, there was a lot more politics in the book than there was in the movie, which is fine by me. So what was interesting is that the suits they... Well, I guess they just had armor in the movie. It was just standard armor, which I thought was hilariously ineffective considering that the bugs could just puncture right through it without... You can also shoot through it too. I mean, it was kind of like, what are you wearing armor for? 
Yeah. Clearly didn't work. Well, in the book, granted, this book was written, what, in the 60s or 50s? I don't even, it's been a while. They were talking about atomics, which back then, that's pretty much what the technology was. Nowadays, it would be a very different, you know, they talked about nuking the bugs. The marauder suits in the book, why did they not have those in the movie? Oh my gosh. Yeah. These suits are fully enclosed suits and they had essentially jump jets on them. So what they would do is instead of walking, they would literally leap and they could leap like extreme distances. Uh-huh. And so they would just literally fly across the planet, almost leaping in there's jump in these Marauder suits. And what they could do is they had, of course, the heads up display and they could leap above a bug city. They could analyze targets with their heads up displays, drop their atomics, and it would literally precision take out the targets while they were in midair jumping. I mean, just little Nuke things the like from that. orbit. Yeah, exactly. There you go. It was just so neat, though, the way they did that, that the technology in the books were far more advanced than they showed in the movie, which I was surprised by. So it's a really great movie, but the book was just spectacular. Yeah, I'm excited for the book now. I think I've been avoiding it because any sci-fi older than Dune, Frank Herbert, I tend to shy away from. So your endorsement of Starship Troopers has got me interested again. So thank you. Hey, you're welcome. In fact, I will report on that book. Yeah, but, why not? Next week. Okay. I'll have it read by next week. Wow. Or take your time <laughs> and you know, just start on the reporting is fine too, either way. <laughs> okay, either way. Hey, speaking of, you mentioned Dune a minute ago, Frank Herbert, of course. Yes. Yeah. I was so excited for the movie, which was supposed to come out this month. By, by the way, the new Dune movie. Uh-huh. has been postponed until a year from now. I know. And it I get better it. be good, Villeneuve. I, and I get it, though. No one's really going to the theaters. No one is releasing new movies to the theaters, really, for the most part anymore. I get it. But it's make it a way for us to watch in, on demand then. Because who yeah, knows why, if the theaters are even going to be open next year? Exactly. Why Why? Why not just use this opportunity to, to make lemonade out of lemons or whatever? Exactly. What, what's that? Yeah, uh, right. Why not come up with a whole new paradigm of of how we watch movies remotely not going to the theaters this it's not good for the theaters but no one's going there anyway yeah so why not make your money just by doing on demand exactly just just make it let us buy it uh, rent it on amazon for 15 bucks or whatever yeah. charge us too much but if we really want to see it we can all get get our friends well okay i'm, I'm about to go off a ledge here because we're not going <laughs> to be getting our friends together to watch it there's opportunities here for a shift in how things are done. At least temporarily. Just, yeah, at least yeah. temporarily. So and and I think some people are taking that that they're they're going that direction. Disney Plus is for sure. Yeah, but but and I think they're going overboard. But right. but see I okay. You know. I see it as a way where we could for example, they, they take it to the theater, it goes to the theater for a period of time and then it comes out on, you know, demand or video as as, as the old people when I'm just kidding. As we used to say as it as oh, we're used on to tape. yes we're gonna get it on tape yep anyway I, I just had to throw that one out for those of us who have uh, who remember that you know you remember, i can't yeah. wait till blockbuster has a copy <laughs> oh. I'll get myself a <laughs> dude yeah we, we were there it's okay so here's the thing i think what they could do is they could say we're going to release it for a certain price kind of like going to a movie but here's you, you can't charge what a movie theater charged because you're not going to the theater. You're not getting that theater experience. You're not watching you it on a, a hundred foot screen. You're just not. Yeah. And you don't have the overhead. Exactly. So you can't charge the 13 to 20, whatever dollars it is in some of the other States. And you just can't charge that. So, well, of course they can't. I'm saying be respectful, right? Charge an amount that makes sense and say for 
three months, this movie is available through Warner Brothers site or whatever the heck it's coming out, right? And you can watch it on demand on your own TV for this price, like going to the theater so they can recoup some of their money. And then we'll release it to own, you know, on on demand and stuff like that at a later date. Like, why not just do that? Because for now, we're all missing out on some really incredible movies that were all supposed to be out this year. And I'm like, oh, man. And so there's really nothing new coming out. It's really sad. Yeah. There's got to be a way they could do it. Still recoup most of their money, if not even all of it, and still make it pretty healthy profit from us down the road anyway. That's my And yet, I agree with you 100%. And yet, there's still so much out there to watch on Netflix or Amazon or wherever you... I know. Or CBS. But I wanted to watch Dune. Yeah, you're right. oh, Oh, here's the other thing, though. To satisfy the desire to watch Dune, there's a new Dune comic. Interesting. It's it's put out by Boom Studios, who also just did the recent Firefly run which has been amazing by the way and i think it's frank herbert's son oh god you just ruined it for me oh i don't know i was gonna brian say brian herbert brian herbert i think that's his name is it brian i don't know what his first name is but it's a herbert yeah it, it's his son he's he is in my opinion he's just not a very good author oh, i've read bummer. i've read two of his prequels they're they're kind of old now two of the dune prequels i've read them just to try them out because i was really excited oh great prequels for dune they're not that good. Uh, so this is a prequel and, but he, keep in mind it's a comic. So therefore, and he's yeah. not the only one involved too. There's some other actually good names that I'm familiar with that have fair enough that are part fair of enough. it and a comic. You don't need really that. It doesn't need to be written well, right? It's a comic, but it is a prequel. It takes place where to, you, you know what I mean? To an extent, there's only so much space to write out a story is what I'm saying. Okay. So the Baron, Baron Harkonnen is younger. Shaddam the fourth is still a prince and Duke Lee. Well, he's not a Duke. He's, he's a teenager, actually Leto. His father is the Duke and stuff. So it takes place in that era, which I think is really cool. And so far, so good. I have no yeah. beef with it and it's a comic. So like I said, it's not masterfully written like a novel would be, but it's, it's fun. Well, and, and what you just described as far as the, the, the general plot that you described, it sounds like it aligns with Brian Herbert's book, house of Trades which was, I think, the first of the prequels. He wrote several prequels. Okay. And that's the first one I read. And it started out really good, and then it just fell apart halfway through. It's really weird. And then I started reading the next one, The Butlerian Jihad is what I read. That was the second one I read, and it also okay. was not that good. So anyway, yeah, that's too bad. I hope you enjoy the comic. And it's not really appropriate for me to judge the comic until I've read it. Booyah! So good. All right, so... Obviously, Sci-Fi November, we will talk Mandalorian. We'll talk Star Trek Discovery. We'll talk... I'm even going to mention some stuff on The Expanse. And yes. other stuff. So that'll be fun. But first of all, this is so sad to me. I mean, I'm sorry. I have to bring this up. We remembered Sean Connery last week because he had just died at age 90 last week. And then Alex, Alex Trebek died this week. It's just, oh my gosh. I mean, here we are like making fun right. of celebrity jeopardy. I know. And in, in one ways they're up in heaven right now, having a good time. Hey, sh- they're playing hey, Alex. celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alex, she hot your mother. She's with me right now. <laughs> I'll take the pearly gauge for 400, Alex. (laughs) I am honestly like with Sean Connery. That was sad. We mentioned last week that, you know, he really hadn't been in a movie for 17 years and and I just hadn't seen him much, but I've watched Alex Trebek now for, I mean, most of my life. Yeah. Ever since a kid. I mean, the show started back in 1984. Jeopardy did. Uh And he hosted up until October 29th, which was the last day he was in the studio. And then he died on November 8th. That's crazy. I know. And he got episodes recorded through Christmas day for this, this current season. 
I mean, I've watched him. It's like my mom said, here's a guy that comes into your living room every night for however long you've been watching the show. For those of, for those of us who watch Jeopardy, right? you get used to him. You kind of feel like you know him. I don't know. It really hit me hard this time. I was like, yeah. I'm really sad about this because Jeopardy has been just a fun thing for Sarah and me to watch. It increases our intelligence and it's a lighthearted, fun, positive show. And I love Alex Trebek. I mean, he is such a positive guy. He was, <laughs> well... <laughs> I, I got to play something in a minute, but it's funny. <laughs> the thing, the thing that I loved about Alex though, is that he, even if he made cracks and jokes, he always respected people and he did so many good things and he had one of the best attitudes of people that at least what we know. Okay. We don't know Alex yeah. Trebek behind the scenes. Right. But he was just one of those. He was like a, well, he was kind of like a Mr. Rogers in a way. I mean, maybe not to the bit, level yeah. of Mr. Rogers. He just had that like you kind of want to get to know the guy and you want to be inspired by him because he's so positive. I fully intend on reading his autobiography. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, we talked about, we need Bob Ross right now in this year. We need Mr. Rogers. And I'm like, no, we need Alex Trebek too. Come on. But we got to play a couple of Alex Trebek tributes. And of course we have to do the celebrity jeopardy one here. So here you go. Let's take a look at the board and the categories are potent potables Letters that begin with G. <laughs> Who reads? Which is a category about books. I'm sure we won't tackle that one. <laughs> Let it snow. State your name. In that category, all you need to do is state your name. <laughs> Famous Oprah's. And Potpourri. Sean, you control the board. I'll take Horage for 200. <laughs> It is who reads. I love those. Those were fun. They're they really too much were. fun. They really were. This was real. This happened on an actual episode. Alex Trebek quoted saying this, and I thought it was so appropriate for the Real Brian Show. Susan Cole is from Bowie, Maryland, and her favorite type of music is something I've never heard of, but it doesn't sound like fun. I think it's very fun. It's called Nerdcore Hip Hop. It's Nerdcore Hip Hop. Yes. Um, it's... Uh, People who identify as nerdy, rapping about the things they love, video games, science fiction, yes. having a hard time meeting romantic partners. It's really catchy and fun. Losers, in other words. Well. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Total, totally tongue in cheek. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. That he, was bad. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Losers, in other words. And of course, he never actually really meant that. I mean, he's kind of a of nerd course. himself, let's be honest. He was yeah, a nerdy guy. Yeah. That's the kind of humor that you could see from him. And of course, he worked with most, let's be honest, most of the contestants on Jeopardy were nerdy. To remember all the facts that they oh, have yeah. stuffed in their brain, you kind of have to be a little bit. But Yeah. And those of us that watch Jeopardy are nerdy. Come on, let's be honest. So you know, yeah. he could say that and he knew he loved them. It was great. What a good guy, man. I'm, I'm really sad. I, I know uh, Alex was 80, which is too yes. dang young considering that Sean was 90. All right, let's continue sci-fi November. Oh, yes. Alien, since we were talking about Alien earlier. Yeah, so I'm neck deep in Sci-Fi November this year. And one of the things I'm doing for Sci-Fi November is I'm listening to the audiobook, audiobooks of the novelizations of Alien, Aliens, and Alien 3. Ooh. And I'm on Alien right now. I just started this weekend, last weekend. So I'm still on the first book. But the author that wrote the novelizations, and by the way, the, the novelization of Alien is from the late 70s. Yeah. It was actually written based on 
an earlier version of the final script and the guy who wrote it was Alan Dean Foster and he's just been writing them ever since nice. as the new Alien movies come out. I think he even wrote the one for Covenant. I don't remember if he did Prometheus or not, but but he's a poet. He is so good of an of, of a novelist. He didn't just take the movie and make it into a book form. He made the movie into a novel and it and it and he did that for at least those three movies in the series and they're fantastic. I've read all three of them in paperback. I'm listening to them now and I'm reminded of how well they're written. So nice. Yeah. If you're interested. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I highly recommend them. Love it. Okay. I got to share something I'm learning out about, which is not sci-fi related, but this is really cool. I've been wanting to talk about this for a couple of weeks ago, but we've been so busy with yeah. other content and, and not to mention, I know you even found an article on this too. So we kind of chatted about this offline, but right. Spotify has partnered with anchor FM I talk about music all the time on the show. We love sharing music here. We've talked about how we can't play any of it because of licensing and, you know, copyrights and all that. Well, apparently now, if you create a podcast through anchor.fm or anchor FM, whatever it is, we create a podcast and then we put it in Libsyn and all that. You can't do that. You have to go through anchor FM. And then this is the downside. It can only air on Spotify. That's the downside. But if you do that, then you can play music in your podcast anytime you want. So on the upside, okay, this is really cool. We talk about, my gosh, I want to share music with you and I want to play a clip for you and I want to play the song so you can hear it. It's very exciting to me. I used to host radio. I loved doing that. I loved sharing new music with people and I would love to have a a radio show podcast again. I would love to. I miss doing that. The last time I did that was when we actually had an online radio station where we licensed out the music. It was a podcasts are what they call on demand, meaning you can listen to it whenever you want and you can pause and you can fast forward and you get all that. That's on demand. Radio, of course, is you tune in when you tune in and you catch what you catch. Right. That's how online radio was. So when you license that, it's not that big of a deal because it's streaming. It's not nearly as expensive. Once you start licensing music on on demand creations like a podcast, the price goes from your pan up like a hundred bucks or so a year, a couple hundred bucks a year or whatever. It goes all the way up to a few hundred dollars an episode. It's just ridiculous. Is there logic behind that, that since it's on demand, a person can play an episode with a given song on it as many times as they want. Yeah. But the artist and, or the lawyers who govern that artist's work only get paid once for it. Well, the, the biggest argument is that, you can take and manipulate a podcast. So for example, if I play a song by the fat rat, I'm going to throw him out and it's on a podcast. The listener can take that episode. They can download the podcast episode. They can cut the song out of my podcast episode and make it their own. I see. Yeah. Now granted probably 95 plus percent of people are never going to do something like that because one, it's too hard Two, people don't know how to do that. And more like, 99.9% probably right. Yeah. And not to mention that if I'm playing a 20 second clip, you don't get the song. (laughs) It's just, you know what I mean? That's just not going to happen. 20 seconds is a pretty long and 30 seconds is even longer. If a 30 second clip of a song in any podcast, in my opinion, is a little bit too long. Okay. But if somebody wants to take a 20 second clip of a song out of a podcast with people talking over the intro and over the outro of that 20 second clip and put it into your iTunes playlist. <laughs> well, of course. Booyah, but, go for it. That's, that's why, ridiculous. 
You're right, and no one would need to do that because you can get those songs through Spotify or Apple Radio or whatever you exactly. Apple Music or whatever else. So, so who, the who argument the argument is greedy, in my opinion. I think yeah. it's kind of ridiculous because now, Grant, if I'm playing full songs on a podcast and I'm not paying for it, okay, that's that makes sense. Sure, but if I'm playing a clip in order to promote it, I think that's just an absolutely ridiculous thing that you it have is. to pay two to three hundred dollars for that. That's just ridiculous. I'd say I'd say most people. And, and I don't even need to hedge this at all. I, I would bet money most people would agree with you 100% on that. Oh, yeah. And even the artists do, too, because I've had many conversations with bands and artists who all think that it's a ridiculous thing. However, mm. they all want their money, too. And I totally of agree course. with that. We, we should pay them. They deserve it. Yes. A lot of musicians really struggle. They put out music and they don't get the money that they need in order to keep doing their music. And that's not fair either. So no, I'm all for paying the musicians. I am not, however, all for paying the middlemen who take most of the money and barely give anything to the artists. I don't like that. The artists are the ones that deserve the money, but that's the a totally Barry different Gordy's story. The Barry Gordy's out of there. Yeah. The Barry yeah. Gordy's out there. Yeah. And so that all being <laughs> said, you know, how many times where it's, okay, I've got all this music I want to share with you, but I can sit here, for example, I mean, we've got some new music, but let's just say I say, oh my gosh, there's this amazing new Evanescence song that it's got an amazing sweet bass part in it. You know, if you like bass guitar, it's just so mm-hmm. good. And people are going to be like, well, okay, cool. But I, I don't hear it. Like you can tell me, you can talk to me all you want, but if I were to play a clip of it right now, you like it or you don't instant, right? That's the beauty of being able to play a clip of music, which is why us talking about music without being able to play it is almost useless. (laughs) Almost. So that's been my frustration this whole time, but it is what it is. Well, now we can create a podcast Or we could even say, okay, here's the real Brian show. We talk about the music. I've got a bunch of new music I want to share with you, but go over and listen to TRB's music show or something, right? TRBM. (laughs) You do that. And then we post a link and you can subscribe to it and you can go listen to it. And basically what it is, is every week, every time we share new music, it's a little short podcast where we could say, okay, here's that brand new Evanescence song. Boom. It plays. You can listen to it. Yeah, and we can talk about it for a minute and then the next one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we can do that every week or every other week or whatever. And now you have yourself the music show that we always wanted, except for it would be more focused on music versus us just briefly mentioning it. Right. And you can choose to listen to it or not. It's up to you. Yeah. To me, that's so exciting and that's really fun. And by the way, it doesn't even have to be just a clip. Like we could play the entire song, which is cool. The limitations are this though. And this is where it's not an ideal scenario, which is why I'm actually a little concerned on how it will actually perform. But the limitations are you have to host your podcast through Anchor FM. It can only be aired on Spotify, meaning that if you do not listen to Spotify for anything, you're not going to hear the show. Right. And the other thing is, is that if you have a free Spotify account, which I know Lord Thunder is going to love this one, the free account on Spotify is really annoying. You have a lot of ads playing in between things. You can't actually choose a song anymore. That's a new thing that I didn't know about. If I type in Evanescence, the new song I'm talking about, it won't play for me. It will play a song like Evanescence, kind of like what Pandora does. Yeah, so that that's the free Spotify. Yeah, right? which okay. free Spotify is annoying. It's purely radio. Yeah, yeah whereas it, pay for Spotify, you can make your own play- playlists and play whatever you want. As yeah, much it's, as you and want. it's ten or eleven bucks a month, and you get everything. And I mean, honestly, premium Spotify is amazing. It's freaking yeah. amazing. But I hear so is Apple Music. Great. Yeah. So here's the thing: yep. if you're a free listener to this podcast, you're going to get crap loads of ads, and you can only hear thirty seconds of each of the songs. Okay. 
now, which to me is enough, but the ads part would be annoying. Yeah. yeah. If you're a premium member, then you don't get any ads unless I choose to put them in. And also you get to hear the entire song and you can skip forward if you want. Hmm. Here's the other downside is that the way it works. Okay. So if you think of radio, I have the song, I play it, I can talk over it and then I can stop talking and let it finish playing. And then at the end, when it's just kind of fading out, I can come back in and start talking again. Right. It's nice and smooth. It flows very well. In this particular situation, you talk and that what they call like a, a, let's say our our talking segment ends and then there's this five second space and then the song starts playing. Mm. And then when the song ends, there's a five second space and then you talk again. It's very disjointed and choppy. But the only reason they're doing that is because what they're doing is they're playing your voice recording. And then after your voice recording, you insert the song and then it stops and then it plays the song from Spotify in its entirety and then it stops and then it moves to the next track of your voice recording. So it's so that, and that allows track. them to parse it if you're not a paying customer too, right? Exactly. So, so it's incredibly limited and it's, it's not a perfect scenario by any means, but it's a very cool, it's a cool option for something we've never yeah. had before in the first place. So I'm Fair thinking enough. we should do it. It would be a, a fun little sideshow to do for our, our music fans out there. And not to mention if, if you do use Spotify, then you can take and add the songs that we mentioned straight to your playlist easily. So, which is really cool. That's nice. Yeah. We'll, we'll discuss implementing that. Yeah. So there you go. I've been nerding out like crazy on that one, but I'm so excited. I've been able to finally share it. Let's talk Star Trek discovery season three, episode four captain. What do you think? Well, again, I liked this episode. It was a little slower than usual. I thought it was a great episode. The episode made me feel like this series is shaping up to be very true to the Star Trek ethos and pattern. However, I've heard otherwise a lot of opinions contrary to that. I thought that there was a lot of emotion in this episode mm-hmm. and in actually in the, in the season so far, to be honest, moments where the actors have glossy eyes, they're kind of showing their chops and it's an emo- emotionally charged content, right? Yeah. But I thought that they were laying it on a little thick, but I still enjoyed the episode. So Okay, cool. First of all, I'm going to agree with the emotion aspect. You're right. It has been a little bit more emotional. I thought it was over emotional in this episode as well. Like you said, laying it on thick. One of the things I loved about this episode that I thought was so fantastic was there was a lot of issues between the characters, hard feelings, stuff like that. There were a lot of reconciliations and redemptions that happened towards the end of the episode with the crew. First of all, wow, that's exactly what you want to see with humanity. That's what we all want to see in our lives too. You know, we, we have a beef with somebody. We want to see reconciliation and redemption in those moments. And we want to come back together and redeem the friendship and stuff like that. We want that. It's awesome. I'm so glad we saw that. It was so refreshing. So good to see in a TV show. I loved that aspect of this episode, but I got to be honest, man, I did not like this episode. Like it was Mm. one of those that it rates down close to the bottom for me of the entire series so far. Mm. So a couple more positives, still liking the new Michael Burnham character direction. Yeah, much more likable, much more relatable. Just it's good. She's showing more emotion, which is good. The the white medical uniforms, by the way, are really cool. I thought that they're just so clean <laughs> looking and I don't know. There's something about them I like. But anyway, that was really cool. Yeah. OK, so those are my positives. <laughs> I really miss book already. Booker. Mm, yeah, me he, too. That first episode with book was just so fun and so awesome. I remember telling you, like, I loved his character. They developed him so well. I was glad they brought him into episode two a little bit and then it's yeah. gone. And I'm like, no, dang it. Like, no, I really, he'll be back. I hope so. Cause no, uh, he will be back. It's weird. It's kind of like they, they took a step forward with episodes one and two. Okay. 
It's Discovery. It's in the 32nd century. We've got this new Booker character. He's going to have his ship and they're going to fly together. And it's going to be really cool. Mm -hmm. No, we took a step back into season one is what it feels like. Okay, fair enough. Oh, the other thing, I love the trill, by the way. I love the whole race, the trill. I loved the trill episodes in Deep Space Nine, Jadzia, Ezri Dax, all those. I mean, just really cool things. I just didn't like this episode. There was there was a lot about it that I don't know. I like at first I was yawning most of the time. By the way, I know we've talked about this in the past, but I went into the episode super excited. It's sci-fi mm-hmm. November. I couldn't wait to watch the new Star Trek episode. I was in a great mood and I left the episode feeling down. Oh, okay. And I was just like, I was bored. I had a really hard time focusing on the episode because I just didn't really care about it. And there were two really big complaints that kind of bothered me that I really think are not in the spirit of Star Trek, really. And that is, yeah. there was a lot of language in this episode. Now, they've had some yeah. language in the series so far. For a Star Trek, there was a lot of language in here. It was very okay. much like the complaints we had with Star Trek Picard. Picard, yeah. The whole thing that this language is not characteristic of Star Trek because, and how many times did they say this? They've evolved past that need to have profanity. Of so how you it, express yourself, yeah. Exactly. So that they became more intelligent. They evolved as, as better humans, essentially. And then the other thing that really bothered me, the fact that the officers were fighting so much. There was this constant bashing of each other in the middle of that dinner And then Mm -hmm. there's a lot of whining and there's a lot of even insubordination. And I Mm -hmm. just thought, could you imagine (laughs) anyone doing that to Captain Picard (laughs) or, or Captain Janeway or Captain Cisco? I mean, any of those captains, could you imagine they'd be in the brig? They would not be, Oh, just let them go. (laughs) It wouldn't happen. It is characteristic of human beings being thrown into a 32nd century life Yes, and they made a point in this episode of, of expressing how stress levels were skyrocketing, which is why Saru had that dinner and all yeah, that stuff. But, absolutely. but they made a point of explaining the social dynamics that were going on on the ship right now. And so I feel like that really helped to justify the situation. And that is true. But I still think that the level of behavior that they had was, was still uncharacteristic of a, of a trained Starfleet officer. Sure. For a normal yeah. human being like us who have not been militarily trained, we're going to react like that. But for someone who's been trained, they're they're trained to deal with tough situations like that. And yes, they would express those emotions. Yes, they would have those problems, but not to the level that we saw on the episode, in my opinion, yeah. at least based on okay. the military that we have here today. And again, what we've seen in Star Trek and stuff like that. I mean, imagine them fighting the Borg. That's far worse than going to the 32nd <laughs> century. I mean, and they... Picard lost it at times, but he never showed it in front of his crew. Yeah. He showed it in front of counselor Troy and his brother. And that was the thing. So is that bad writing? Yes. I actually believe it is because that's just not how they would act. And so, and it really bothered me too. Like the insubordination that was going on. I'm just like, come on guys. That's just not, again, you're breaking the rules of the world. They created our perceptions of the same episode. Just are just purely illustrative of how, (laughs) of how different people perceive the same thing. True. It's like telling you that water's wet, but yeah. we don't think about it that much unless we discuss it like we do frequently. So yeah, totally. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, the other thing that this is me personally bothered me because I'm a musician, but at the very end when Dira is playing the cello, mm. I'm like, that's a violin playing in the background. That is not the sound of a cello at all. And yet she's clearly playing a cello in front of her. And then she moved her hands up and down the fret and it was not matching what was actually coming out of the audio. And I'm like, guys, (laughs) 
<laughs> if you're not, it sounds snobbish, but I understand. If you're not a musician, you probably have no clue. I mean, maybe you do, maybe you do, but I'm like anybody that has any kind of knowledge about being a musician or actually is a musician or anything is going to be like, what? That's not a cello. Have a little more attention to detail. But again, that yeah, it's not hard. Could, could that have been forgiven? Yes. But when you have that, clearly that's not a cello playing. And then you have the, that's not characteristic of Starfleet officers. Right. And oh, like, the, the language is not characteristic of Star Trek and the evolution of the humanity. Okay. Does anybody watch the show? Yeah. From <laughs> your mean, perspective, they're just yeah. chipping away at the credibility really is what they were doing there on that episode. Yeah. And we've talked about this and I thought it was one of the greatest things. And I think it was Miss Ice that brought this up many years ago about when you write, you create a world. At least Steven might've talked about this too. Bad kitty. Oh yeah. You create a world in which rules exist. Just and I love using Star Wars, one because we're going to talk about it in a second, but also because the force is so not believable in so many different ways. Like it's just it, it's not even fathomable, but the way that George Lucas created the world in which the force exists makes sense to us. Mm-hmm. If you start to break the rules of how that all works out, then it starts to make less sense. And so a world was created within Star Trek back in the 60s and has continually moved forward very, very well all the way through the original Star Trek pre JJ Abrams. It worked. Everything worked. It all made sense. Nothing. No rules were really broken in that JJ Abrams came in. They started to break a few rules. (laughs) I'm not kidding. And and, and I liked those movies, but they broke a few rules. That's his shtick. He likes to do that. Yeah. And now with discovery and and even Picard a little bit, they started to break rules. And I thought, what, what are you doing? Don't do that. Because in my opinion, episodes one through three of the season were really good and I really enjoyed them. It was fun. It was different. It was new and and they were really taking it into a very cool way. And episode three was fantastic to me. It's almost like this didn't belong Mm. as the next episode, even though, by the way, I like Adira's character. I was very excited to see where they were going to take Adira at the end of episode three, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of went, uh, okay, well, that's not what I expected. And it just, it, I don't know. It wasn't powerful. Some of the other trill episodes from deep space nine were far, 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 far better. Mm. So it just wasn't my thing. Maybe yeah. some people loved it. That's fine. But I don't know. It just seemed to take kind of a major backstep from where they were going, but Fair it's enough. what it is. Everybody has yeah. their episodes and, and just we'll talk about here with Mandalorian and not everything is perfect and not everything is how we individually want it. And that's okay. But I would like to really quickly go over my thoughts on episode two of the Mandalorian season two. Please. I'm going to say this as, as the same with episode one. Once again, I enjoyed the episode in the sense of that. It was fun. I had a good time. I was entertained. Well, I love, love what they're doing when it comes to the CGI and the actual, well, there's puppets, of course, whatever they call them, the the Jim Henson workshop kind of stuff. There's the costumes and the makeup and locales and the, the space fights and all that stuff, right? It is amazing. It's eye candy. It makes me feel like I'm watching old Star Wars. We don't have the CGI Jar Jar crap anymore. That kind of stuff is just beautiful to me. And so from that standpoint, I am so pleased. However, there's a couple things. One is I'm so overdone with the giant spider attack scenes. <laughs> Can we just stop doing that? I mean, one, I hate spiders. I know, but dude, I mean, like I'm sitting here this entire time going Harry Potter, the chamber of secrets. 
Huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. The whole time it's all about Aragog or whatever his name is that that's that's yeah. I'm like this is the same freaking scene. What is going on? So there's a lot of that. I've seen him in way too many other movies and TV shows as well. That was like again, it's like the the episode saving the the village in season one, two. It's just don't don't recycle. It's and, just been done. Too yeah. Many times. Stop yeah, recycling yeah, yeah. old stories. So that was getting <laughs> annoying. Now, the whole frog race thing that was kind of interesting to me. This is more of a question was I like it was more of a gecko race, actually. But go ahead. Well, true. I think they, he called <laughs> he called her a frog, though. He did say frog. Yes, <laughs> but you're right. It is kind of more. She gecko. looked like a gecko. I know that's true. Uh, the the thing that kind of shocked me a little bit, and I, I don't know, maybe we're going to see more with this, and maybe this is a good thing, by the way, but when the Republic refused to help the Mandalorian, <laughs> I was like, yeah. what? You're I refusing? I thought you were the good guys. Yeah, that that ending was very unexpected. That's one of the things I wanted to say about it. It was a very unexpected ending. Yeah. And yeah, just really weird. Well, so this is, okay. Johnny pistol shot and I loved to joke about this because back in what was it? Episode three in 2005 when Anakin was talking with Obi-Wan because he had been getting mentored by the emperor. Anakin's talking to Obi-Wan and he's saying from my opinion or from my perspective, the Jedi are evil and you're kind of like, what? He's like, well, the Jedi are selfish. They, they, he would say that. And of course we as viewers are like, you're an idiot, Anakin. The Jedi aren't selfish. Come on. You're stupid. You're falling for the dark side. Well, there were many hilarious discussions that continued after that saying, what if Anakin was right? What if the Jedi were corrupt? And even though they, their intentions were good, what right. if their actions were actually corrupt? Anyway, it's kind of funny. And then in Star Wars, the old Republic, the video game, we used to talk about this all the time because you could play an evil Jedi yeah, or you could play a light side Sith. And, and it was always funny. And we would play evil Jedi and just laugh. Well, the funny thing was, is that the Jedi, the whole creed is about protecting life and defending you're not to kill out of anger or anything like that. And yet all of the missions in, in Star Wars, the Old Republic are about go kill these people. Yeah, just, go kill this. What? Go kill that. Yeah. And it's can't we work this out first? I'm sitting here as a Jedi <laughs> saying there's a way around this if we talk about it and they don't even give you that option. The option is to kill them. And I'm like, but that's the game though. You're, you're playing a video game and you want to blow stuff up. I mean, that's right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm looking at it from, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting into the lore here and saying I'm oh, a course. Jedi and I want to resolve this peacefully because we can, but your only option is to kill. And so Johnny pistol shot. And I would always be like, maybe the Jedi really are evil. <laughs> All they want to do is just kill things as fast as possible. So we've joked about that. And then here we are seeing the new Republic refusing to help the Mandalorian who is in clear need. And I'm like, well, they did help him, but then they but didn't. not really. So then you're like, well, should the empire really have been overthrown then? Maybe Anakin was right the whole time. Lesser of two evils. We're all used to that lately. Lesser of two evils, right? Yeah. Picking between two things you don't agree with. I'd still say the New Republic was clearly the lesser of two evils between them and the, I know. No, the, I know. the empire. But and, and I know you do I'm too. I'm sort of but. being rhetorical, but. I know. Yeah. But I'm just saying like that was uncharacteristic. Now, granted, maybe that's part of the story that we're going to see. So I don't yeah. think that was bad writing uh-huh. as much as that was curious to me. The biggest question that I have about the Mandalorian so far this season is to me, this was yet another hundred percent filler episode amongst a story that's not being told. Yeah. So I'm starting to wonder what's the point of the show is the point to tell this incredibly beautifully weaved story because they're not doing that. Or right. is the point of the show to be like the 
episodic adventures of the Mandalorian, like old Star Trek episodes. They didn't necessarily continue the story from episode to episode. It was just tell a story each episode. We'll have an adventure and then we'll go to the next episode and it'll be completely different. We'll have another adventure and tell a story and then the next episode completely different and so on. But yet there's this little tiny minor overarching story that kind of continues right. on, but that's not the focus. Don't worry about that. We don't care about Yoda. We don't care about Yoda getting back to his, his, his family or whatever. Jedi. It doesn't even matter. Right. The whole, the whole point of the show is just watching the Mandalorian have a bunch of random adventures. If that's the case, well then mission accomplished. But yeah. I don't know though. Is it, what is their intention? Because it seems like the latter now, it doesn't seem like there's yeah. a story that's being told on purpose anymore. I don't think we have any choice but to believe what you just said, that that is their intent because it's so clearly what they're doing. Yeah, The story is very loosely woven into every episode. They kind of talk about it each episode. They kind of, they remind us that he's looking, he's trying to find the Jedi or no, he's trying to find another Mandalorian right now for the last couple episodes, but, but ultimately he's trying to get baby Yoda where he needs to be. Yeah. But very obviously they're not writing it to be, like what we're all used to lately with shows like this, where, you know, especially with a short season show like this, where each episode's got to continue the the story. They're just not doing that. So I feel like you're, you're onto something there. I think maybe they should have, well, I mean, they called it the Mandalorian. So there's no implication there as to one way or the other, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I maybe, maybe everyone's collective expectations were just wrong right off the bat. That's true. Did you I, like the episode overall or not? I actually liked it. I thought it was an okay episode, but I'm still, my overall impression to impart to you all is yes, I thought it was an okay episode, but I agree with most of what you said. I just have to point out that even the Mandalorian himself is acting poorly now. Like, like the, the, the voice acting for the Mandalorian is just really poor. Yeah. I mean, it's just not, I mean, it's, it's like beyond laconic. It's more like amateur. So it's it's just almost inexcusable in my opinion, but it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't completely ruin the show. But it's just it's Disney. It's the Mandalorian. It's their flagship show. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Why not make it as good as it can be? Agreed. Crazy. It's just absolutely. It's it's, it blows my mind how they're how they're producing this show. Yeah. And I don't know. Now I I have to say to to take a positive slant. I agree with you on the CG. I loved the X-Wing chase sequence. Oh, yeah. Very well done. More of that, please. Mm-hmm. The whole shtick with Baby Yoda eating that <laughs> lizard's eggs. Yeah. It was cute, but it was creepy and in bad taste. <laughs> it, was. it really was. I mean, this this poor lizard was trying to get her no. her species back to some planet that where she could raise her young or whatever. And Baby Yoda keeps dipping into those eggs and popping them in his yeah, mouth. And Mandalorian's like, hey, no, stop it. Knock it off. Yeah. And, and Baby Yoda's all, he's all cute and eating these little, I mean, even at the very end, he, eats, he pops another one in his mouth. I mean, it's, but it was so, it was so weird. It almost made me uncomfortable because I was, I was empathizing with the lizard character oh, a I little know. bit. I was too. Because of her, and because she was like in this, in this conundrum and the Mandalorian was helping her out. Yeah. And Baby Yoda, who everyone adores, is eating her children. I know. I mean, I, it's dude. true. And it's she's like the last of her line too. And I'm like, this is horrible. Yeah, it's like it's like it's it's like the show seems to be written chaotically or something. Yeah, it was weird. By the way, I'm not going to lie, and it reminded me of Elf eating those cotton balls in the doctor's <laughs> office. Yeah. But at the same time, like that was funny, and this one felt like I, I I can't laugh because on one hand I'm laughing, and on the other hand I feel horrible, just like you said. Yeah, it's 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 awkward. It's very it was very awkward. But it then was. the last thing I'm going to say 
folks, you're overdoing Baby Yoda to the point that it's starting to insult our intelligence. Agreed. It's yeah. it's a young children slash family show, but with death and violence and weird situations mixed in <laughs> for good measure. The whole thrust of the show right now is not. It, there's like an a resonance to it or something. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's just awkward very awkward it reminds me of a parody youtube video where like hey kids let's have a family show and then it's we're gonna eat all your young and we're gonna death and destruction yeah Yeah, exactly it it does kind of remind me of marvel baby yoda yeah it's just really weird show very weird show but it's not meant for children but even though it it is oh but it is that's the very much so (laughs) you know okay i'm gonna say really quick about the baby yoda i I totally agree with you they're overdoing it i I love the character i absolutely do in fact you know On Star Wars Squadrons, I bought the little Baby Yoda bobblehead to go in my Y-Wing because I I like it. I'm like, that's cool. But here's the thing, dude. I'm getting tired of them overdoing it like that, too, because, dude, he's 50-year-old, first of all. Second of all, why are they giving a Yoda race? By the way, I don't know what the name of the race is. I'm sure somebody does. Why are they giving that Yoda race human baby sounds you know, oh that, constantly that's, they don't sound like that why are they doing that 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 does again that's breaking the rules we just talked about it's that. just it's just it's for cute factor they're it, but insulting our intelligence it is, is what they're doing it is and honestly yeah. like people go oh that's cute and i'm like but they're, they don't, they're not going to sound like that they're just not and, and, yeah, well, it's, it's all very surface and people are going to say well brian get over it and just i, I can't get over it because i <laughs> i know that, that that's not how they're going to sound and it's, it just doesn't make any sense to me so oh, man. once again it goes beyond my you break the rules my comprehension goes out the window now i just can't do it so yeah, I, you i'm shoot still yourselves in the foot yeah and i'm still liking the show by the way don't get me wrong i still love it i look forward to it every week but i don't know maybe we're just too critical Maybe we are, but I, I, come on, this is, I don't know. It's star Wars. Don't, don't ruin, not that they're ruining it, but it could be better. It's long past that, Brian. It's long past that. (laughs) Here's the thing, by the way, in some ways, by the way, I like the Mandalorian character, but in some ways I was far more curious about Jango Fett than I am about this Mandalorian. Yeah. Because he had more depth to his personality. You wanted to know what was going on and why he wanted a clone of his own. And you wanted to know those things. And you're like, Django's pretty cool. And then you wanted to know more about, okay, I was never a Boba Fett fanboy. I've said this before on the show. When he was in Return of the Jedi and, well, he was in both movies, Empire and Return of the Jedi. But when he died, it's kind of like, okay, cool. He died, whatever. Who cares? Move on. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, he's the greatest character that was never. Okay. Never. Yeah. Fine. I mean, in the fanboys, I have nothing against him. I just was never one of those people. And, and I didn't, I didn't understand the incredible amazingness about Boba Fett. Like whatever. Right. Here's the thing though. When we saw him in episode two as a child and kind of what he went through and stuff. And then you see him holding his father's helmet after Django dies. You're like, right. okay, now I'm interested. And I want to know what makes Boba Fett, Boba Fett. Yeah, that would have been a neat story, by the way, if they had done a show that went from kind of that point to basically return to the Jedi. I would have really enjoyed that story (laughs) and I would like to know more with the Mandalorian. I'm kind of like, whatever. I kind of don't really care about your story that much for some reason. No, there is a reason they've not done very much to grab you and make you interested in that character. They just haven't. Yeah. You nailed it, Brian. If they had just made The Mandalorian about a young Boba Fett and his adventures in bounty hunting or whatever, and make it totally episodic, whatever, we have a basis for being interested in that character. Yeah. So, but even with I mean, the Mandalorian, like, I'm actually I want to I want to like him and I want to know more about him, but they haven't really given me anything that that has drawn me in yet. 
Right. What's interesting is like, they've given me a lot. Okay. So thinking about the characters, I want to know more about baby Yoda. What the heck is is it? Yoda's clone. What's going on? I wanted to know more about Quill. And then they killed him. And I'm like, what the, no, don't kill Quill. Like I actually was starting to like his character and he had so yeah. much depth about being a slave to the empire. And I'm like, oh my gosh, well yeah. now I want to learn more about Cara Dune. There's this mystery surrounding her, but I haven't found that with the actual Mandalorian himself as much. So I find myself mm-hmm. more interested in like the supporting cast and the supporting story than about him. Interestingly, mm-hmm. yeah. which by the way is not necessarily a critical comment. It's just more of an observation that I just realized. Right. So it's a good observation because it's valid. I mean, it, what makes people want to come back to your show over and over again? Yeah. Just a cute baby Yoda. Cause that's what they're giving us so far with, with other little bits thrown in there. But, but that's, it's, it could be so much more guys. You, you could do so much better. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me keep this very quick. I've been watching season four of the expanse and yes, I know yes. I'm behind, but I saved it for this right. month on purpose. I, what I get through episode two or three, I think I just got through. Okay. Yeah. I haven't had much time, but so good so far. Such a great series. Amazing edge of the seat. I mentioned this earlier. If you're sensitive to language, there's a lot of it. Just FYI. It's such a great storyline. And oh my gosh, like every episode I'm like, oh, I want more. I want more. So I I can't wait, but dang. Dude, the expanse. I'm going to say it a million times is sci-fi done right. Period. Agreed. I just heard this last thing we're going to chat about real quick is Johnny Depp was forced to leave the role of Grindelwald in fantastic beasts. Yes. Which yes. was really He's weird. Been, well, it's not, if you've been following what's been going on with him, it's not that weird and we're not going to get into it on the show, but I guess no. he's, it's come out that he's been a bit abusive. Warner brothers has just made the decision that it, it would be too much fallout to keep him after all this yeah. has been revealed than not. It's unfortunate. It's kind of the same as, as you grow up listening to really good Bill Cosby stand up. Yeah. Well, now you just can't. I mean, it's, it's not that you shouldn't. It's just like it's difficult, if not impossible, to listen to him anymore and not think of what he's been accused and uh, proven to have done to so many women. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's like that. It's like these, this, this legend that you grew up with adoring suddenly and a lot of people have grown up adoring Johnny Depp. Suddenly it's been revealed that he is as a person, he was not very good. They're just, they're cutting their losses is what they're doing. Sure. And you know what? We don't know the actual details and facts and everything, but the truth that we are aware of, and this is for anybody is that they're allegations. Mm. There's no full on evidence. And there was some, was it libel? I think is what it was. Yeah. against him and all that saying, Hey, you know what? This isn't hundred percent true. Let's, let's get the truth here. So since we don't know the facts, since we don't know, right. and we don't sit down with the actual people and we don't actually, we weren't there. Right. We don't know. So That's therefore we, we cannot jump to conclusions and this goes for anybody. It's not fair. Someone is always going to say, well, this person did that. And it's like, well, do you know for sure if that person did that, unless you were the person that it was done to. And this is another thing too. And I know we got some comments back on, with Chloe, Allison Mack. Oh, Allison Mack, yeah. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And and by the way, thank you guys for the comments. I really appreciate your comments and I want you to know I really thought about them. The comments were is that why didn't we share specifically what she did? And my response oh. to them was is I don't like to bring attention to people's mistakes that have happened in the past. Oh, that's and fair. they said, well, but we don't know what happened. And I'm like, but do you need to know? Does it really matter? That's an easy Google search too. I exactly. mean, we don't yeah. really, really I don't know, just you can don't go think Google we need to it, discuss, discuss it. I don't like to bring 
attention and light and further speculation and, and discussion to something that honestly really doesn't matter. It happened in the past. It is what it is. She made some bad mistakes, bad choices. So is everybody. Every person on this planet has made bad mistakes and bad choices in their lifetime or will. We don't need to sit there and just dwell on that. It's just not fair. That's for other people to do. Yeah, it's it, not, that's for, that's not been the done. role of the Real Brian Show. That's not what we do fair here. Enough. If the allegations against Johnny Depp are true, well, then yes, he needs to be disciplined. And yes, the person that he allegedly abused needs to be safe. Yes, absolutely. But we don't need to go into it and talk about it because our whole point is, is, well, okay, he's not there anymore and that sucks. And you're right. Warner Brothers cutting their losses and removing themselves just in case it becomes worse. I get that. Right. Not to mention that there's going to be a lot of problems. If they were to keep him, well, then they're going to have fallout and they're not going to make the money. And right now they're already having problems with J.K. Rowling, as I mentioned. <laughs> um, well, I didn't mention this, actually. <laughs> Never mind. We were talking about this. She said some things that pissed a lot of people off. And so now people are like, OK, we're not supporting J.K. Rowling anymore. And so just can the whole Fantastic yeah. Beasts franchise. And I'm like, oh, on one hand, I'm like, OK, every person on this planet is allowed to believe what they want. We We need to respect that. If you don't agree with the beliefs doesn't matter. You still need to respect that. However, she said things that went too far. Not good. So keep that in mind. Believe what you want, but just be careful how it affects others. That's really all I say. She's still responsible for writing one of the most iconic series of novels that any of us have ever heard of and that our great, great, great grandchildren will still be reading. Keep that in mind, but go ahead. But to say, okay, we're going to cancel her completely. What that goes back to our conversation two weeks ago. Yeah. And here's the thing. This has gone on for a long time. The, the dude forgot his name already. The dude that chose to kneel during the national anthem. uh, uh, Yeah. Colin cap cap Cabernet. Cabernet. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Cabernet. Anyway, um, there were a lot of people that hated that so much that they boycotted football. Okay. Mm. Same kind of thing's going to go here. They don't like what JK Rowling said. They're going to boycott every Harry Potter thing from here on out. Again, you're welcome to do that. Everybody, but here's the thing. We, we all have to have a respect for each other's beliefs as long as we're not actively, vocally, physically hurting others. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I have a belief and I say something that disrespects and hurts someone, that's not okay, but I'm allowed to have that belief. We all are. So sure. anyway, that's all I'm saying is that who knows what's going to happen with Fantastic Beasts. It's already been pushed back. It's now yeah. summer of 2022. They have no idea who the heck's going to be Grindelwald now because of this. They've got time to figure it out, dude. That's the thing. And it's like the whole franchise is just getting beaten up right now. So I feel kind of bad, but who should be Grindelwald? That's the question I have. It's been so long since the first Fantastic Beasts movie that I forgot that Johnny Depp was Grindelwald. (laughs) I mean, that's how long it's been, folks. So yeah. yeah. So this came out of left field for me. It's like, oh, Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was. Okay. Who could replace him? I'm going to say you. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that weird eye. Like one of his eyes is always looking somewhere else. Yeah. He could be Grindelwald. There you go. We need to do We need to think of the most ridiculous potential option ever. <laughs> so like Wallace Shawn or Rick Moranis. Oh, or Matthew Broderick. He was in, you know, oh, Daybreak, yeah. right? Well, he actually could fit it though. That's the thing. I'm thinking of somebody <laughs> who would like, what? No way. He couldn't play that. Right. Exactly. That's the whole point. Somebody could ridiculous. No, little um, Nas. Little Nas. Little Nas can yeah, play Grindelwald. Yeah. There you go. That's a good idea. Dude, Matthew Broderick could actually pull off a pretty sinister <laughs> Grindelwald after what he did in that that show on Netflix last year. Daybreak. Daybreak, dude. That he was creepy in that show. 
Okay. Okay. Well, we need to find somebody to, because of course our opinion matters and JK is coming <laughs> to us for advice. So we need to figure this out. Yeah. She's blowing up my phone right now. Yeah. She's Yo, ridiculous. Tony, I need help. I need to audition guys now. Influence me. Yeah. No, Rowling. No, you pay me and then I might think about it. Why don't She's you bring back, why don't you bring back Colin, Colin Farrell and just say, Actually, the Johnny Depp version of Grindelwald was actually the false version and the Colin Farrell version was actually the real face. And and Dumbledore already knew that, but he protected his friend. Why don't, why don't you just do that? That's pretty deep, Brian. JK, I know you're listening. Go do that. Okay. We got deep today and we had fun and we nerded out and we get to remember Alex Trebek for those of you who knew him to know him was to love him and to love him was to know him deep thoughts with captain influence i honestly wonder if humans might someday be some other apex species food source and we would be farmed for our meat wait that was too deep i just wanted to make you uncomfortable you know what the music means well We really did go deep today. Your deep thoughts was deep. Everything was deep. It was all deep and it was fun. But creepy and discordant and yeah, just like Mandalorian. Yeah. And positive yet. I have no idea what's going on right now. Hey, thanks (laughs) for joining us. Really. I appreciate it. Really, really appreciate you being here on the show. Have a wonderful week and we will see you next week here on The Real Brian Show. And we are signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.